Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 47 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Paige Newsom. And Paige comes to talk to us about such an important topic that I am personally very excited about, which has everything to do with personal style, but also with really that alignment between how we feel, what makes us feel beautiful from the inside out, and how clothing and colors and all those different things can actually facilitate and help us get there. But also knowing that clothing and say if something doesn't fit too well, can also do the opposite. So we talk about the energy of clothes and how that impacts how we feel. Paige talks about a little voice in our heads that sometimes isn't very, very kind when we look in the mirror. And she shares her mindfulness practices and her, basically her story about getting to a different level of connection with that little voice so that she was able to finally tap into that inner perfection that's inside of her and inside of all of us. And I also, I was just very excited to even better understand my own personal style and some of the decisions that I intuitively made without knowing that's what I was making them when it comes to colors. So Paige also goes through how to best identify the color palettes that best suit your skin tone, that brings out the best energy in us so that you can start to make more intentional choices as you dress your body exactly as it is today and feel beautiful. It was such a wonderful conversation and I'm so excited for all of you to learn more from Paige. So let me properly introduce her to you. Paige Nielsen is a multi-passionate digital marketer with a prolific career in the beauty and fashion industry. She is a personal branding expert, stylist, and co-founder of Iconic Brand Studio. Her biggest love is helping women increase their confidence, self-esteem, cash flow, and impact through style. She is the co-author of The Entrepreneur's Playbook and the author of Houses with Names, the soon-to-be-released book about coming of age despite of offbeat, sometimes lawless family. She vividly and with welcome humor portrays being raised surrounded by a backdrop of poverty, drugs, child abduction, and small-town high fashion. Without any further ado, here is Paige. Welcome, Paige. I am so honored to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a delight to be here. I am really looking forward to our conversation today and really sharing your story and sharing what you do, which is so beautiful with our listeners. 
And I am actually personally very curious to see how you're going to answer this first question. How do you define confidence? That's a really good question. I would define confidence in the way that no matter what setting a person is in or environment or yeah, anything that on the interior of themselves, they're unwaverable. And what I mean by that is that nothing really bends their self-esteem. So if they're in a, a situation or, you know, maybe that's a, a tense work situation or they're being criticized or even something, you know, people have flare-ups in public and there's just like bizarre little outbursts where it doesn't shake that person's center of who they are and that they're worthy. Yeah. Mm, I oh. love it. <laughs> I was really excited to see what you were saying. What you just said made me think of kind of like a little seed as they're kind of growing, right? Like sprouting and the circumstances underground are dark and difficult and rough, right? But because the little seed knows that there's something on the other side and it persists, right? It really just like evolves into this beautiful flower. And I love what he said in terms of not attaching our sense of worth with the circumstances, right? Around. So that's beautiful. Love your, your visual. That's so good. It's like the roots are so rooted and strong that nothing can blow it off its course or uproot it. Exactly. Right. And a lot of times I think, in part of our conversation as well is all about getting back into alignment and really like nurturing those roots rather than just pruning the leaves, right? So I think we're going to keep going with the flower an analogy here for a bit. Oh, and in terms of your story, so tell us your story of your journey of getting into that place of confidence and getting into that place of alignment so that and I know you also work with women, aligning them to their true innate beauty. So tell us how you got here from your story. Oh, it's a long story. I don't want to bore you. <laughs> I, I was raised in a really unconventional upbringing, a very um, challenging environment, to put it lightly. And I grew up with or discovering like in my young adulthood, I started to discover that I had an internal dialogue that was not my best friend. In fact, it was my enemy. And I became really curious about what is this other voice basically talking smack about me all the time, putting me down all the time. And I found that I was, you know, willing myself up to be strong to face the outer world. But the biggest challenge for me was facing my internal world. Yeah like my you know that somehow I absorbed that in my environment and I I thought that was true and that's who I was and so somehow along the way I I actually would hear like my own voice put me down which is just boggling to me and sometimes you know I wondered if I wasn't crazy and it turns out that mm -hmm. a lot of parents they just don't aren't always aware of it sometimes they just start to feel depressed or bad about themselves or kind of in a funk, but they haven't realized they've on some level have already been listening to that naysayer voice inside them and it's bringing them down. I mean, how could that not bring you down? It's like a giant heavy wet blanket weighing on you, right? Yeah. And so I started to observe that in myself and then I started to address it. 
I started to kind of face it straight on. I'll give you an example. This is the weirdest example. In fact, I don't even think I've ever shared this with anyone before. I I got my hair cut. So I used to have really long hair and I got it cut really short, like to my ears, just straight across. And I felt so cool and free and light, right? And kind of sassy. And I got up in the middle of the night. I was super tired. Okay, this is way too much personal information. I got up to, okay. <laughs> I was, I was um, sound asleep. You know that between sleep and awake state where there are no thoughts, like you're just yeah. literally walking. And so I found myself sitting on the toilet sound asleep go to the bathroom and I literally heard the words my own voice because I could feel like a cold breeze on the back of my neck I forgot and I had cut my hair off and <laughs> it was the memory of like oh yeah I cut my hair off and the voice was you're fat and ugly and it rocked my world of like who's in the bathroom with me like it was so freaky <laughs> on internal dialogue and that was weirdly a pivot for me, a turning point in my life where I caught that voice before it made me feel shitty and addressed it and thought, well, first of all, I'm not fat. I've just never have been a heavy person. Who cares if I am? And I'm not ugly. And it, and my whole life, I thought I was fat and I always thought I was ugly. And for the first time I was able to think I'm good enough. You know, I'm not horrendous or treacherous looking (laughs) it's like I'm good enough so I faced that internal voice and I basically told it to go sit in a corner in a chair and don't ever speak to me again unless it spoke the truth (laughs) I feel like a lot of my work that I do is almost like a mediator or a relationship expert between women specifically and that internal dialogue that they have sometimes they don't even know what's running because it's on autopilot or it's in the background And they've absorbed it and they haven't always noticed it or been able to separate it out and address it. But it comes up when they see their own image in the mirror or they put on an outfit and they think, oh, I look terrible. And the truth is they don't. It's just that that garment is terrible. That and like, okay, hold up a minute. Where did that come from? Whose voice is that? Who's telling you that? Is it even true? So I feel like... um Now sharing that embarrassing story, I've kind of lost the rest of the questions you've asked me. (laughs) Hey there, are you a woman over 40 who wants to release excess weight, but keep self-sabotaging your progress? If you are tired of all the, all you need is more willpower advice, then I created just a free training for you. Set aside 60 minutes today and I promise you, it will be worth your time. I will go over the three main mindset shifts you need to make if you want to release weight for good, which does not rely on willpower. I will review to you why the strategies that worked in your 20s and 30s don't seem to work anymore, and I will also show you which hormones play a big role in weight release once we turn 40 and beyond. This is a value-packed masterclass, and it is for you if you want to discover my step-by-step system to help you regain your energy, get rid of cravings, and get back into alignment with your body. And of course, drop some pounds too.
All you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training to watch this on-demand masterclass or just send me a DM on Instagram for the link at naturally.joyous. So again, it is naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training. And that was so good. And like years back, and I don't quite recall the year, like I'm not a years person, like my memory is more like visual colors and shapes. But anyways, um, so years back, I recall reading a book and it was The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And he talks about something similar to what you said, that the voice in our heads are not ourselves. There's a difference, right, between the voice of the mind and the true self that observes the voice of the mind. And it's kind of like your example was in a place when you recognized the separation of the two, right? And I think too, like you shared, you grew up in a very difficult environment. And my upbringing was difficult in the sense of physical uh, safety. So growing up in Brazil in a very dangerous country, it was we felt unsafe out of the house and sometimes inside the house because of just, you know, if you know anything about Brazil, you would know what I mean. So I think that sense of security that lacked as a child, no matter how many, you know, protections my family tried to put around this, right, was still, you know, we still grew up with a lot of that uncertainty and that fear. And I think we become so good at protecting ourselves from early on, right? And then when we get much later in life, that voice is almost like protecting at all costs, including against ourselves, right? And something you said, I hear this from so many women, that that voice is constantly, constantly putting them down. So from the time that you had this, you know, realization and told the voice to sit in the corner, what happened and how are you able to quotations keep that voice in the corner and really start to rediscover your own sense of self-worth that's a really good question well i that voice still pops up it is not um, well behaved it doesn't always stay in the corner <laughs> <laughs> to my great dismay um what i started doing at that time is i put myself into counseling immediately and i started a personal wellness practice i guess you could say a mindful practice and like that has saved my life in so many ways because it's really helped me like find out who I truly am on the deepest level, like the purest soul level, yeah. which is in my opinion, perfect. Like they're yes. like perfection and everyone. And um, yeah, being able to check in with that. And anytime I feel like I waver or if I'm not feeling confident or my self-esteem is taking a plunge, sometimes I'll look at why. And lately I've just bypassed the why and just gone straight to my mindful practice again, or even a quick meditation to center and connect with that truest part of myself that that is unblemished, that I feel like there aren't even words. There's nothing there that speaks the truth that, oh, you're good enough or you're perfect. It's just a full on body knowing. There is no doubt. There is no question. There is no negotiating worth whatsoever. It's it's sort of like just being plugged into a current of just your goodness. Yes. <laughs> it's sounding so corny. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like, 
like to me at least like this makes complete sense <laughs> and i look at health in the exact same way like my mission in life is to get women reconnected with the perfection of their health as it is exactly today right because i think anytime that we are seeking something outside of ourselves it's just the misunderstanding that we already have it it just has to be unleashed it just has to be accessed and tapped into and I come with a laundry list of health issues. So my, it's not that I, you know, have perfect bill of health. I was like, oh yeah, we're perfect. Like, and very much like for you, it's not that it just, you know, came from this, you know, quotations easy upbringing. And now you're just realizing that it's almost the opposite, right? Like, I think it's through seeing the world crumble that we realize the perfection of it all. So I think it's beautiful and it makes complete sense to me. So I hope our audience also relates to that because I think it's such a beautiful message. So in terms of say somebody that's listening to us and is very uncomfortable in their bodies. And you know, like we said earlier, there's still not at that place of full alignment necessarily, which is okay. It's a journey, right? What is the role? Because you mentioned something very important earlier that it's not the body that's not perfect, it's the garment, right? That we're kind of layering on the body. What is the role of personal style and clothing in terms of finding that connection and feeling that alignment with our perfection? So yes, the best questions. I would say the role of garments. Oh, I just have so much to say about the clothing industry mm -hmm. and get dressed every single day. Um, to me, the role of personal style is that everything that you put on your body is you. And I know that sounds bizarre. Let me back it up. It's you in the way that it fully expresses your true personality, that it fully expresses who you really are, that it fully makes you feel emboldened and empowered and strong and sexy and alive and whatever the description a person chooses that to embody who they really are, that those clothes match, that the outer visual matches the inner, that perfection part we were talking about. Yeah. That's where there's the misalignment a lot of times. It's like, to me, you know, you just know every woman on this planet knows when they're wearing a good pair of pants that makes their butt look cute, right? Yes. <laughs> mood booster right there. Oh, yes. And, and if you're putting them on, you're like, ugh, I just don't feel good. Well, those are not the right pair of pants. So it has to be that alignment. It's like a train on a railroad track. Like, it's just it's in a groove. There's no shaking it off. And if something feels out of alignment, it's off the track. It can't move forward. So I really feel like at the risk of sounding super woo-woo-y, there is an energy to it to where either it either amplifies and is good energy or it stops energy and makes you feel gross. And so to me, it's like that communication of what you're wearing really does say who you are without having to speak. I know that's really cliche and it's been said many times. But it's so true. But to me, it's not even what the clothes are speaking to the outer world. It's what the clothes are saying to ourselves individually. As we look at our own reflection, it's that dialogue with ourselves, our own reflection, that's the most important to me. I feel like that's the only game in town. From there, that's the true power and confidence and the boost of self-esteem. And from there, we can go out into the world and do whatever it is we're doing. I love it. Like, yes. And 
I mentioned this to you before when we spoke on a different day about even like the difference that I experienced as I took some, you know, piece of clothing that I liked that didn't really fit my Brazilian body as well and getting it tailored for, you know, nominal amounts compared to the price of the garment. And, and then you have something that fits you and how different it feels every time I put those pair of pants on or the top on versus prior that it just didn't fit my curves, right? And it is like I experienced that in recent years as my body really transitioned and I healed from a lot of the things that I was struggling with. And it was a pretty surreal experience. I think the same way that that voice is so quickly to put us down when you have a glimpse on the other side as well with that alignment and feeling good, it's, it's powerful, right? And it has nothing to do with our size, the number of our genes. It's what you said is how you feel about yourself, not anything else, right? And it's the fit of the garment. If that garment fits perfectly, and when you look in the mirror and the color is just right and has your personality, oh my God, the energy just compounds. It's It just gets better and better and better. One thing I hear all the time, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, that Women, when they are, say, a little heavier than what they wish they were, regardless of, you know, what, you know, I still see them as perfect. But let's just say that they are, you know, working towards releasing excess weight. What I hear often is that they feel, I would say, not as motivated to purchase clothing that fits them in a larger size because they really want to fit into a smaller you know, say tag number that they have in their closet already. And a lot of times it's the hesitation. If I really invest good money into my current body, that it's going to demotivate them towards getting to the weight goal, call it that, that they have. What are your thoughts on this? I'm pausing because I want to say this in a way that is encouraging. I'm just going to say straight out, I think it's the worst idea I've ever heard. To not invest, just to clarify, to not invest, correct? Yes, yes. I, and I hear it all the time. I hear it with so many clients, past, present, and probably future too, and mm-hmm. friends. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I'm just right, and then I'm going to get the clothes. I don't want to waste the investment. Yes. I think it's the most cruel thing a woman can do. First of all, it's delayed gratification, and it's really setting yourself up. It's like, well, I haven't earned the reward. I don't deserve to look and feel good now I have to wait it's almost like a punishment like I have yeah. to I have to go through this hard thing or like to prove to myself and then I can have the treat at the ends or treat myself um I have found the opposite to be so true and and what I mean by that is if that person were to go and buy one article of clothing that fits them at their body size right now and that the fit is good, and the color complements them, they're going to feel like a million dollars, and they're going to be so inspired and energized and excited to do the next thing for themselves, which is releasing the weight, if that's their goal. Or, you know, it's just, when I was saying that energy compounds, when you feel good, it starts to to gain more. And you're like, what else can I do that's so yummy for myself? Like, I'm amazing. What else can I do to feel good? Because feeling good feels so good. I want some more of that. And so I have found it, it's just, it's night and day. If someone is wearing something that fits them in the moment, I feel like, and if they find the right pieces that can be tailored, 
there's no reason why that perfect garment cannot be tailored along the journey with them. Exactly. Yes. So I'm saying don't wait. Do not wait. Dress your body that you have now. Love it. Get in it. Put beautiful clothes on it and rock it. Oh. I I was just thinking of a client many years ago who confided that she and her husband, they didn't spend gift certificates and they saved the good chocolate. You know, they had like Mm -hmm. a gift of chocolate and it was waiting in the back of the freezer. And this is really morbid. But I said, what if you die tomorrow? Like, wouldn't it just really suck if you didn't eat the chocolate today? Like, why are you waiting to live? That's my question for all women. Why are you live and dress accordingly to this juicy, delicious life that you have? And if you don't have it, what are you waiting for? Like, who, who are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Like, the time is now. Get in some gorgeous clothes because you're freaking gorgeous. I love it. Yes. And I hope everybody listening listens to this part because it is so true. And something that actually this brought to my mind, and it's not even related to, you know, say not fitting in the size, but culturally growing up in Brazil and I moved to Canada when I was 21. So my forming years were back home. And I recall that on my mom's side of the family, that there was a understanding that you keep your better pieces of clothing in little like bags in your drawers and you don't wear until it's really special. Right. But I just could never relate to that. And I always were whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, even if maybe was maybe a little fancy for certain occasions. So growing up, it was always told to me that, oh, if you do it this way, you're just never going to have really good stuff for those very special days that usually never happened <laughs> anyways. And looking back now, like, I, I think I was just actually wanting to feel good in the moment, regardless of like how special a moment is, is what you make about it, right? Sure. That if you're going to this gala and stuff, but then probably you're going to go buy a special dress anyways. But I just remember that being something really sort of tattooed in my mind that you wait for the special day in the future, not right now. Right now you wear regular clothes, right? And I think that even though I've always rebelled against it, it's still kind of part of the belief system in my mind, I'm at least assuming as I look at my closet and I don't have necessarily a separation besides some, you know, longer dresses of what I can and can't wear. Whereas if I look at family members, they do, right? In my close relatives. So is this something that you've heard before or people say, save the good stuff for special occasions and don't wear in your normal day? All the time. And I'm against that as well. I'm now realizing in this conversation that I'm really counterculture, even in my own industry. That it, to me, the save it for a special occasion is kind of poverty thinking to me, poverty mm-hmm. mindset, like lack mindset, waiting, waiting, waiting for the special day, the special occasion, the special thing, or until I, I feel more special. And that will be when I lose weight. I, I really feel like you are the special occasion. Every single day is a special occasion to celebrate like you're alive, like your personality, your soul is the special occasion, dress how you feel. You know, I think of in our culture, anyways, in the United States and a lot of places around the world, we give artists a lot of leeway, right? A lot of artistic expression. 
I think, oh, they're, they're a celebrity or a musician, a rock star. They are in an industry where they can wear whatever the heck they want and no one bats an eye. Why yeah. isn't that for everyone? I'm, I'm stating here and now I give everyone permission to fly your freak flag and dress how you want to dress, wear whatever you want to wear. And in some, some industries, maybe it would be counterculture to, to wear a gala gown to um, a funeral. I don't know. Depending on <laughs> <laughs> right. Of life. But I just, I'm really wanting to invite your listeners and everyone to dress the part of who they are. Don't wait. Don't save it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Did you know that? Like food, they go bad. They get weird little holes and they become threadbare. They st- fabric breaks down. It rots. It doesn't last forever. It's not, it may not be there for a special occasion when you go to wear it. The elastic may have given out. They need to be worn. They need to be treated like friends. They need to get out of the closet and be, have a social life as well. <laughs> Totally. It's kind of like that concept of circulation as well, right? That like you mentioned about the garment being able to help elevate your energy. And just, I think it goes both ways as well that like, if you have a room in your house, for example, and it's a spare bedroom and you never go in there, then when you do, like it feels cold and I don't know, the floor makes funny noises. It's almost unloved. That's how I feel it. Whereas if it's a place you're in every day and there's the energy you're pouring into it, it just feels like home, right? And I think it's the same for clothing that, you know, it needs loving as much as it gives love to us. And it becomes this beautiful circulation of energy that just lifts us up. And often in our house, we kind of go through, we try to do it once a year, but we go through and, you know, take stuff that we're like, we hear about turning the hangers. And if you have not touched that piece of garment in a year, you know, at the end of the year, donate it and stuff like that. And we really try to keep our items circulating, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's the word that makes sense, but you know, that there's always this appreciation for what we have. And if not, somebody else could maybe benefit from it, right? If your body changed or your taste changed or something like that. Yeah. You know what else? It makes the garment, it just makes things less precious. And you said it like, it, like that room in the house, it doesn't have, it's, it's part of a house, not a home. Like there's no soul yeah. there if you're not in relationship with it. Exactly. I love it. This episode is brought to you by the Weight Release Shift, a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is weight release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat for your needs, and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below to learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release.
and I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. And I love talking about relationship of ourselves with food and you bring such a beautiful intention as well about the relationship with that voice and how we dress ourselves. So in terms of making it practical, what would be three non-negotiable things to wear for women to feel empowered, confident, and beautiful that you can share with us? That's a good question. I hope that the way that I answer doesn't sound too vague. I would say the first thing is fit, like the fit of the garment. And it, sometimes this is, I think, why people don't have a wardrobe that suits them because it does take time. It does take energy. And yeah. especially where to start and they're not really familiar with their body or the body's changing, whether they're in a different season of life, they don't really know what they want the clothes to say about themselves. Sometimes that takes a little work to fine tune. However, the fit of the garment, and if a person could shop at a department store where someone can help them and even tailor it there would be amazing. So I would say fit is negotiable. It has to fit your body well. If you're curvy and you're wearing a garment that has no seams or pleats in it, it's like two pieces of paper sewn together. It's like two-dimensional instead of three-dimensional. There's room for the curves. And humans, like we're three-dimensional, we're curvy, right? So no one's going to feel good if there's flat somewhere or it's too tight over there and too baggy and loose over there so fit is number one in my opinion and the second would be color like the color of the garments whether it's a solid color or a neutral or a pattern of print it, it must match the person's personality otherwise every time they see their reflection it's just going to make them feel gross it's just going to be like something <laughs> I don't know why now I just feel gross and the last thing would be a personality piece so whether and that's individual for someone to discover for themselves it could be that you love leopard print or you love champagne the color of champagne or silk or flowers or it could be that you love owls I don't know mm -hmm. if you one personality piece maybe think of it as a talisman or just a constant personal reminder that you're amazing and that it lifts your spirit I think that's incorporated is part of the three. Those would be my top three. I love it. Thinking of the last one, like for me, something that brings me so much joy is wearing food in my clothes. <laughs> it sounds like kind of cliche. I'm a nutritionist, but I have this like lemon shirt. I have a pomegranate shirt that I'm, I adore that, that shirt. And it's just, I love wearing food, um, like images on my clothing. And I don't, no, why? Except that it brings me so much excitement. It's almost like this, this inner joy that comes up anytime I, you know, find something else to purchase that have like food items on it. I used to have like ice creams and all sorts of different like things too. So now one final question, Paige, before uh, we go a little bit into what you do and so on. When it comes to color, and I'm going to use myself as an example to ask this question, and I know I have a very eclectic personality and maybe that's what it represents. But in my closet, I have either incredibly bright contrasting colors, lots of neutrals and blushes and blacks. And that is essentially where I feel comfortable in, which maybe means that I'm in any color and I don't have, <laughs> I don't know. So how would somebody select a color? Maybe this is a big question, but like how would somebody 
at the beginning, like discover how a color suits them or what color palette should they go for? The first thing that a person could do is start with neutrals. And well, maybe that is, is in itself is confusing. I would say start with white or cream as an experiment. And you, we all know white. Like if you've ever tried to paint a house and you look for the colors of white and there's nine bazillion shades <laughs> of white. Looking at them, you realize, oh my gosh, these are gray and blue and pink. And there's just so many subtle undershades, undertones. But I would start with white, even just like a white piece of printer paper and an off-white as in a cream like butter. Think of butter or the cream at the top of you know milk or whatever. And hold those two colors against your face in natural light and see which one makes you look more awake, makes your eyes sparkle, like you're glowing a little bit more and you'll see it immediately. You'll hold one against your face and you'll think, I don't know what it is, but I just look a little bit tired. Or for me, when I do this experiment, I notice immediately my dark circles and breakouts and fine lines and wrinkles. Like those somehow become forefront and really obvious. But the other shade, those seem to take a backseat. And what comes forward more is that my eyes are sparkling or I just look again, like I said, well-rested. So that's the color palette for you. So if you, if the white, white makes you look more lively and glowing, then your partner color is going to be black. If the cream color, color makes you look more glowing and lively, then your color palette is going to be brown or dark blue. And so I would start there. Those will be your neutrals. And from there, you can add all the colors in the prints, but that's just a really good baseline to start with. And even when I say off-white, like there's endless shades of off-white and cream, endless. And you can go into the blush colors with that and the champagne and Again, with the brown, like that could be beige or khaki. You could add the dark green in there. And the black and white palette is really good with really strong, bright colors. Very bright. Like I think of tropical, like birds of paradise. Those are really like (laughs) a punching jolt of color, right? (laughs) Yes. Those really strong with the black and white. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense because that kind of describes... I think what I gravitated towards with no knowledge, to be honest on this, is the lots of black and white, a little bit of blush, like I said, and the very bright colors. And for some reason, that is just my entire wardrobe. And I have very little beige, very little, you know, browns and blues, like you said. Like, so it's very interesting. Okay. Excited to understand that a little bit better. <laughs> like playing that more and also having seen you like those the beige colors would just be black it would just wash you out yeah but for me you look more alive like I'm all the earth brown beige colors but for you I, yes the black and white is perfect and those bright jolts of color and lots of food yes <laughs> like literally like watermelons and pomegranates <laughs> probably if there is a food print I'll probably purchase <laughs> if it fits nice if the fit is right which I love what you said about like, you know, because I do have curves, right? So having like, even like 
people can't see right now, but having like the sort of structure right in the top that really allows for the curves to nicely sit in there because they fit versus like you said, the two pieces of printer paper just kind of like, you know, stuck together. I totally know what you mean in terms of how it feels in the body and all our listeners that also have the curves. This is such a wonderful little thing to think about before, you know, selecting a, a piece of garment. Oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. And this is such an interesting topic. I honestly could probably just keep asking a question for hours and hours. Um, so for the listeners that want to learn more about you and be in touch, what are the best places? So tell us a little bit about what to do and uh, how can people find you? What I do is, oh, it's so hard for me to nail this down. So layered. Well, basically, I style women. I go shopping with them or I pull a wardrobe together for them or we shop their closet and we go through and really help them understand their body type. I don't even like saying type. I should say their body expression Mm, for them and what clothes look best on them and also showing them, teaching them so that they can take that information for the rest of their lives, even if their body changes 10 different times, they will still have that core knowledge of how to dress themselves and how to add a fast glance in a department store to something and save so much time and money too, for sure. So I would, I would call myself basically like a, a clothing coach. (laughs) Yes. That just teaching women, like what style looks best on them. And regardless of what the outer world is telling them looks best on them for them personally, that personal journey, that internal dialogue, and just basically coaching along until they feel completely confident in everything in their closet, everything that they put on and everything that they choose in their future is in alignment with themselves. And I really hang out on Instagram a lot. That's probably the best place to find me. Although I'm not active posting, I'm in the messages night and day. So that's the best way. Yeah. That's oh, wonderful. I guess, right. <laughs> it's E A G E underscore Nielsen, N I E L S O N. I'm on Facebook too. That's perfect. And I'll make sure to put the links just below in the show notes to make it super easy for everyone to find you. Thank you so much for your time, Paige. This was such a eye opening conversation. And, you know, to see your story you're coming from such difficult upbringing and the beauty that you bring to the world and the the work you do for women what you do is so incredibly needed i think it's a perfect compliment to how i see you know the need as well of women just showing up with their beauties and feeling back into alignment with themselves i think there's no greater gift than to feel that alignment and thank you for the work you do and for your time today Thank you too. It's so much fun to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy, and until next time.